This is Michael Zuber, and I just wanted to thank you for listening to my One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that I took the time to document the entire process I used to learn my market and actually still use today? I released it as a $199 online course via Teachable, and it is called How to Get Started One Rental at a Time. With that, you get access to my private Facebook group and can join our group mentoring calls every Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific. You can find it on my website at onerentalatatime.com. Now on with the show. Hey everyone, how you doing today? Michael Zuber, and yes, happy here talking about the daily financial news. <coughs> Excuse me. Before we get started, we have three more people to congratulate, or actually two people. One person, two, one person got two deals, three deals. Anyways, mm, my sneeze. Chase, congratulations on getting your deal. Quan, congratulations on getting your deal. And again, Chase, congratulations on getting your deal. Folks, if you don't know what this is, I have a contest to see if people watching or following One Rental at a Time, reading the book, students, all that stuff, if One Rental at a Time has helped you take steps to getting your first or your next rental property, I want to hear from you and I will send you one of these cards. And again, we have some money on the line. We're going to be sending some money out to a food bank. I'm going to do something silly like dye my hair purple if we get to 500. Uh, the contest runs from June 1st of this year through May 31st of next year. Uh, if you don't recall, we had a record week last week. I think it was 21. This week's also pretty good. Not quite a record, uh, but we are doing really, really well, and I want to ramp this up. So if I'm helping you in your closing deals, let me know. Get me your address, maybe DM on Instagram, and we will send you a card as well and count you on the list of 500. As we get going with the daily financial news, there's a lot of things to talk about. What should we do? Why don't we do this first? Let's get some interaction between you and me. Uh, Fortune, uh, Fortune Magazine just put out an article about what to expect with housing appreciation for the next 12 months. Do me a favor. I want to hear from you. Uh, let's say, yeah, September to September. What do you expect from housing? Remember when people talk housing, it is a national housing number. So don't think your locale, think a little bit bigger. Uh, from existing home sales yesterday, uh, the median price was like, what was it? 356 or 359 or something like that. Let's call it 360. What do you think? What do you think uh, appreciation will be over the next 12 months? Leave comments below. Uh, I will share with you what CoreLogic, John Burns, and Freddie Mac think. And then uh, I will go ahead and include mine there as well. So again, read the article from Fortune. And by the way, thank, thank, I found it, but I love how you all help this channel. I think I got this article sent to me by five or six people, which is awesome. I would much rather get an article 20 times than get it zero. So if you find articles that you think would benefit the daily financial news, just send them to me. That's what direct message on Instagram is about or my website or whatever you want to do. Let's, uh, let's just keep helping. So thank you for everyone that did that. Uh, again, fortune is like, hey, the last year or so, real estate's been on a tear. Depending on what numbers you look at, it's up anywhere between 19 and 23%. Record numbers, never seen never seen anything like this nationally speaking. And again, remember, you and I went back 50 years. So let's see, uh, let's see what people think. So Core Logic, Core Logic, pretty, I don't know, pretty big name in real estate. They do a lot of kind of prognostication and guesswork. 
Uh, they are anticipating the next 12 months at 2.7%. John Burns, John Burns Real Estate Consulting, somebody I've had on this channel a couple of times, um, uh, and somebody I follow on Twitter. They put out great stuff. Twitter's a spot for them. I, they love Twitter. Uh, 4%, they're forecasting 4%. And Freddie Mac, uh, Freddie Mac was also referenced in this Fortune article, and they are thinking 53 so here is my guess, and this again is national. Again, this is a guess. This is like picking a number out of thin air. But hey, why not? We've been we've been looking at real estate together the last couple of years, so why not take a guess? I'm gonna go with three percent. I'm gonna kind of split the difference. And again, I think what will be the next 12 months is we will actually have some markets crack, some markets go negative, maybe like Boise. Again, I keep picking on Boise. I'm sorry if you invest in Boise. It just feels unnatural from everything I have read. Uh, but we will still have some markets on a tear. If you happen to be in a city uh, that has a lot of migration out, especially from California money, you're going to go up 10 12% uh, just because of the law of supply and demand. So as a national number, I'm going to say 3%. But again, remember, you can play this game too. Leave comments below. Let's see what happens. Next up, it is Thursday, and that means the unemployment claims. It came in higher again. Three weeks in a row, ticking up, and I actually indicated this might be a sign of good news. Think I'm crazy? Let me explain how the unemployment system works, right? If you were um, not looking for work, uh, although you could file an exception and during the crisis and be fine, some people perhaps were not looking for work and thus not a part of the system. So as you get back going and you start looking for work, you, you are now counted. It's how you move from U6 to U3. I actually expect, and I don't think anybody else is talking about this, I think U3 is going to go up, right? I think last report it was 5.2, which again, back in the day when I came out of school, that was full employment, right? So again, we'll, we'll see where it goes. But yeah, it was worse. It was 351,000. Third week in a row, going the wrong direction, if you will. Uh, it was expected to be 320. So, I don't know, 10% miss? Yeah, basically. Basically a 10% miss. Uh, so something definitely to watch out for. Looks like China is warning local governments to get ready for a storm. Get ready for a storm. This Evergrande thing, I think, is going to boil down to just like I've been talking about. It is going to be an event. It uh, is going to impact China. Not really the rest of the world. Sure, some banks will take a hit. Uh, most of the banks that are on the hook are uh, friends to China. Uh, so they will just take their lumpas, lumps and their losses and you know be on with it. Uh, but uh, when you have the Chinese central government warning their local governments to get ready for a storm, that doesn't make me feel all warm and fuzzy about a bailout. That's like, hey, we know they're going to go out, get ready for protests. This feels like a, you know, uh, yeah, it feels like get ready for protests and um, upset uh, citizens. That's what it kind of feels like to me. So uh, we're going to talk about them a little bit later because I've really highlighted where I think the problems are, uh, but we'll get that in a minute. Read an article about Target. Uh, if you don't know, generally speaking, retailers like Target uh, hire more folks during the holidays, which is right around the corner. Uh, but given the tough hiring environment, Target has given up on that. 
And what they have instead said is, hey, you want more hours? You want more shifts? We're going to give them to you. Expect to have 5 million hours of extra shifts available across their, across their stores. 5 million extra hours. If you're working at Target and you want some extra shifts, you are going to have plenty of time to do that. Uh, looks like the auto industry has finally put a number on what the chip shortage is costing them, and uh, it's bigger than I thought. I thought, yeah, it's it's bigger. It's it's almost a quarter of a trillion dollars for one year. Uh, they're they're estimating that the chip industry or the chips have caused the auto industry, excuse me, uh, to suffer two hundred and ten billion dollars in lost revenue in one year. That's a lot of chips, man. I'm telling you, uh, we've got to be building more chip fabs. I think there's the one going up in Phoenix or Scottsdale or somewhere. But man, it um, it has to be interesting. So uh, we have the first country. Remember we talked about South Korea? Oh, God, when was that? It feels like it was eight weeks ago, ten weeks ago, raising rates. Now we have the first country in Europe, uh, Norway. Norway has taken their Fed rate or what they call their Fed rate from zero to a quarter. And indicated that we will, they will likely raise rates again in December. Uh, so now we have a, another first world country raising rates. This is, this is where we're going, right? More and more countries are getting out of this. They have to raise rates because rates are ultra low. To that end, the Fed was talking yesterday in kind of what we expected, right? The, the Powell is running his playbook. He is now telling us tapering is coming. Remember, he always said, I would give you plenty of warning. Well, yesterday was warning number one. Yes, it may be time to taper soon. Warning number one. November, I'm guessing his words are going to be, we're going to taper next month, and then December, they taper. That's kind of the playbook going on. But there is one caveat that is out there that I think most people are going to miss. He did say, if the economy continues... And if you've been watching my channel for the last 10 days or so, I am super nervous about the U.S. economy. I think a lot of the strength that we saw earlier in the year and late last year was stimulus-induced. I believe uh, that is now being wrung out of the system. I believe, I just believe that uh, I don't think the economy is nearly as healthy as people think it is. I think the economy is still sick. And um, yeah, I don't, I don't. I, uh, yeah, I think the economy is going to prove to be weaker than people think it is. So we shall see. That said, nine out of 18 Fed presidents now agree with this channel. If you've been watching this channel for the last six or nine months, I've been telling you I think the Fed will raise rates starting next year, 2022. They've always been saying, no, it's a long way off, 2024, 2023. And I was like, nope, it's going to happen in 2022. Now, nine out of the 18 presidents have the dot plot where they think the rates will occur, and nine of them have the first one occurring next year. And again, I've shared with you in the last 10 days, I think the Fed is going to raise rates into a recession and just be wrong again. Man, they, they, uh, they can't get anything right. So let's talk about Evergrande one last time because I think the event will not be the national trigger like Lehman Brothers, although I think it will be market moving in China. And again, I am looking back at what happened in the U.S. and seeing some similarities in China. Number one, number one, property developers are going to have to pay higher rates 
to borrow money. Evergrande is going to go bust. The central government said to their local leaders, get ready. Sounds like a bust to me. Uh, and again, if you are a property developer and you are highly leveraged, you are about to spend more money. The interest rate's about to go up. Makes sense. The property market's slowing down. It's less, it's less of a sure thing. So rates should probably go up. I think they're going to go up markedly. Number two, and this is a big deal. This is, this is why the worldwide economy could go into a recession again. The Chinese consumer. The Chinese consumer is no different than an American consumer, Australian consumer, or Europe consumer, Canada. It doesn't matter. If you are nervous, if you see your wealth disappearing, if, you, if you're one of the three million jobs that are in and around Evergrande and you think you could lose your job, you are not going to spend as much. There is a real chance that the China property market cracks. And given the wealth of the urban Chinese locked up in real estate, that could hurt. You've already seen the Chinese central government go after the tech wizards, right? Jack Ma and like. You've now seen them go after education and video games. And now they're crushing property. The wrinkle in all of this is property is where most urban middle-class Chinese hold their wealth. And if you whack property 20%, they're not going to spend as much. I believe the Chinese economy is in for a rude awakening starting late this year, probably Q4, which is right around the corner, and next year. Lastly, China to Evergrande's leadership basically said, thou shalt finish every unit that's already started and sold. Thou shalt return money to retail investors. What that really means is screw everyone else. That's what that means. I think it's pretty clear Evergrande's days are numbered. Uh, I, expect, um, I expect some video of, of, I don't know what they would call protests or people yelling and screaming. So it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. Uh, next couple more things we've talked about is FedEx. FedEx read more about their report and it turns out that FedEx is so short of people that they've estimated that labor shortages cost them $450 million because they've had to reroute packages and do all this extra work. Again, labor, labor, labor. And those of you that don't think FedEx is raising wages, they've raised wages 13% year on year again and they are still short yeah this this labor picture is hurting everyone and that's why i am telling you we are in the 1970s wages are going up interest rates will follow eventually and of course real estate did okay because again i believe after 50 years of research that wages drive the party and we are going to have a decade of higher wages and then finally, thanks to John Burns. Again, if you're not following John Burns on uh, Twitter, you're really missing out. They did some research uh, about who are these cash buyers. If you are competing in markets and you are having these cash buyers outbid you, who are they? Uh, so based on their research, I will go smallest to largest. 4% uh, were other. So let's just whack those off or whatever that is. You know, no big deal. 4% were foreign. Right? There's always talk, at least in California, specifically SoCal, about Chinese buyers. Turns out that uh, cash buyers from other countries equate to 
Um, I don't know. That's probably more than I would have guessed, but uh, 4%. Fix and flippers. Fix and flippers. Maybe you're using your own money. Maybe you're getting private money or non-QM money or whatever it is. Cash buyers who are fix and flippers make up 8%. That is actually less than I expected. Foreign buyers, I will admit to being higher, right? 4%. I just didn't think it was that big, but eh. Fix and flippers, you all are only 8% of the cash buyers. I was disappointed by that. Come on. I thought you guys were bigger than that. Next up, second homes. Yes, there are some very rich people out there that we uh, that are out there, and if they want, they can stroke a check. 15%, one five, 15% of people buying second homes do it with cash. Man, wouldn't that be nice? 17% are people who are buying rental properties. And these are obviously going to be the more affordable stuff, the stuff that this channel looks at. 17%. What I got to tell you, if you're paying cash and you're following one rental at a time, please do the math. Uh, today, where rates are, you're going to get a much higher yield borrowing money. It's called positive carry or positive leverage. If you're buying cash just to get the deal and refining out, thumbs up. But if you're paying cash today where rates are, man, get a better return, borrow more, buy more. Be, I mean, just do the math. Come on. All right. The last two, the big, big boys. These two make up over 50%. And um, yeah, these were bigger than I thought. Local buyers who sold a home, right? So you're a baby boomer and you sold your house of 40 years and maybe you downsized. So you make a lot of cash on property A, you move to property B. You buy it for cash, and you're probably at a position in life where you really don't want a mortgage payment. You certainly don't want a 30-year mortgage payment. Makes sense. 25% of those are cash buyers. And then lastly, 27% of people coming from other markets. To me, this is the LA seller becoming the Vegas buyer or the LA seller becoming the Phoenix buyer. If you happen to be selling a California piece of real estate that you've owned for more than a decade, you are sitting on gobs of money, gobs of money. And it is very easy to go to other markets and pay cash and go bingo, bango, no mortgage. So 27% of deals are like that. So in the end, cash buyers, generally speaking, 52%. Actually, let's add this up. 52 plus 15. So what is that? 67 67% are owners, either primary or second homes. That is a lot more than I expected. Flippers, dude, 8%? Come on, you're better than that. And then rental buyers, what are you doing? Go get a loan. Maybe get a 50% LTV loan. Buy more. Why are you paying cash as a rental buyer? That doesn't make sense. 17% of you, you're better than that. In the end, folks, it is, it is Thursday. I almost said it was Tuesday. It is Thursday means we should be speaking with Jonathan in about 12 minutes. Uh, we'll be speaking with him Lane after that. And we do have the three amigos confirmed for later today. So lots of great stuff, all for you. We have some fun. Take care, subscribe, comment. And remember, what do you think real estate will be the next 12 months? What percent? Up, and you can all say down. If you think real estate will be down in the next 12 months, leave comments be below. Let's Let's see what everybody thinks. Have a wonderful day.